You're listening to the service podcast of Faith Christian Family Church in Rushville, Illinois. Today, Pastor Brandon is finishing up his series, Presence, how we can live in and practice the presence of God every day of our lives. We're so glad you tuned in with us today, and we hope you enjoy this teaching. How's everybody doing this morning? You good and awake? Amen. Guess what? If you expect, guess what? You receive. Amen. I mean, if you put an expectation and a draw on God to receive something, man, I, I'll, I'll preach way out of my ability. I'll, pre, I'll preach way out of my natural intellect or resources. You'll, you'll think, man, he's preached better than he has in 10 months. It's because you're pulling it out of me, right? I mean, when you pull on, when you pull on the gift of God, when you pull on... You expect from it, not because I'm something awesome, but because God wants to feed you. God wants to love on you. God wants to speak to you. And so what happens when you start, okay, he's going to speak to me today. He's going to say something I need today. Guess what? God will show up. Amen. And meet you at what? Your faith. Your expectation. That's all he wants. And so we're going to endeavor to finish up our series on living and abiding in the presence of God. And just, I just want to do a quick review here for maybe for those of you that haven't been here in the last couple of weeks, that when we say living and abiding in the presence of God, every one of us in here has the potential to live in greater depths of God's presence, okay? When you get saved and born again, there is something inserted into your spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit. And he comes in and quickens your spirit and makes you alive unto God. And you go, oh my goodness, how did I live like I did? How did I, man, I was so, I was so ignorant. How did I, because you have got the person guiding you on the inside and is enlightening you. Your mind, you need, listen, you're a spirit, okay? You're principally, you're a spirit being. When you're, when you're house passes on from this earth. You think, well, my house, bricks and everything. No, this house, you're what we call a body. When that body dies, your spirit, the real you on the inside of you, is going to live forever. And you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions. You have your spirit, soul, and body. And so you need something to come into you to enlighten you. You need something spiritual to take place because you don't understand God with this. You don't understand it with the noggin, right? The Bible says the carnal mind, your mind, your will, and your, na your natural intellect, your natural emotions, your natural thinking, opinions, attitudes, is enmity against God. The natural man is enmity. What does that mean? It doesn't want to believe in God. It doesn't want to uh, read the Bible. It doesn't want to do anything spiritual. It, it's all carnal, natural-based. And so that's why God doesn't speak to your head. He speaks right here. We say your heart, that, you know, it's a generic, inclusive term of the real you. When we say the heart of man, the spirit of man, the real you. If, I, if the real Brandon, uh, you know, if, if I was uh, this handsome, uh, you know, strong figure before you, uh, the, the natural Brandon was to pass on, you would see the real, I see Billy laughing there, so, no, uh, uh, if, if this person you see before you was to pass on, the real Brandon on the inside of me would live forever. And so the real Brandon, the real me, 
on the inside, the spirit man who loves God because I'm born again, wants to do right, wants to serve God, wants to grow in God, wants to know more about Him, is the one that receives information from God. Amen. Not up here. And so, if you're born again, you are spiritually equipped. You know, like I said, the, the natural uh, uh, kind of analogy or comparison is, you know, you've got a CB radio, right? You've got a receiver in here that receives, that receives instructions from God, that can receive the presence of God. And so, I, I believe 100%, I was thinking about this last night as I was laying in bed, that this is the key for the church to walk in a greater level of victory, in a greater level of understanding, a greater level of, of God. What is that? Being more conscious of God's presence in your life, being more conscious of God in you than anything else. Living and walking in the presence of God. Now, it might not, when I say living and walking in the presence of God, you don't, you know, 24-7 walk around like, oh, I just feel God. Hey, brother, hey, how you doing? Oh, I just feel, you know. <laughs> it's not something, woo, right? Sometimes it's just, you just, or you just say, a lot of times I, I'll, I'll say, Lord, I just thank you that I'm born again. I thank you that you're living on the inside of me. I thank you that the Bible says you would never leave me nor forsake me. So that means you're with me right now when I'm cutting wood or working at the church, doing something natural. You, you make yourself conscious of God on, in, on the inside of you. You remind yourself. You, basically, you're identifying. You're renewing your mind. Because, let me ask you, at the end of, end of a day of stressful work, you are identifying with something. You're identifying with stress. You're identifying with concern, maybe the weight of something that happened at work. And you are identifying with natural carnal flesh, right? That's the thing that's weighing on you. I mean, maybe, uh, I, I don't know, some of you, I, I, could, I don't want to pick anybody out here, but, uh, you know, I've got a farmer here, got a gentleman who's second command at the electric plant, Mark, and I know he, I'm sure, he, uh, um, what is your name yesterday? <laughs> Gary. I'm sure Gary has, you know, equipment, equipment breakdown, and, you know, if you got something breakdown and it postpones you, you know, planting or getting your harvest out, how many knows that would not just make you feel all spiritual? You'd be, oh, Jesus, okay, thank you, Lord, right? I know Mark, you know, uh, being uh, second guy in, in uh, command out there, you know, something goes down at the plant, that's a concern, that's a worry. Maybe he's got meetings, maybe he's got, I don't know, uh, different uh, big bosses coming into town to do inspections or whatever. At the end of the day, you're, you're conscious of something other than God, right? So I'm saying that because we all have that pulling on us. We're natural beings. We live in a natural world. But we have to be conscious of and understand that this natural world will not be around and its time is coming short. Matter of fact, in Romans, the Bible says we believe in God and we, we receive God and see God's creation in looking around and seeing creation. And we realize... Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm breaking this down in 2016 terms. The unseen created the seen. Right. Something else, and that's what Romans says, the unseen created the seen. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
we understand the world and look at creation and we can go, something else created all this, right? And that unseen is what's going to last forever. The Bible says your life is just a vapor. You, know, you ever seen a vapor? It appeareth for a, a moment and it's, it's gone. It's like, man, that's terrible. Well, my uncle Stanley, he lived till 95. I mean, that's not a vapor. It is on the timeline of eternity. See, when you take it in comparison to what the, the afterlife, right, is going to be, we live forever in eternity, that's what it's talking about. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off on a rabbit trail, but it's good anyway. Amen. Let's go back, pull, pull us back over. Maybe somebody needed that. But we're spirit beings. And if we can walk in a greater consciousness of that fact, then guess what? You won't struggle with sin. You won't struggle with temptation. You won't struggle with worry so much. You won't struggle with inferiority. You won't struggle with insecurities. You won't struggle with identification of, uh, or condemnation. You won't struggle with inability because what's happening is when you start to walk in a greater consciousness of God and to walk in a greater level of His presence, it takes you doing something. It takes you identifying. You have to identify, I'm a child of God. God lives on the inside of me by His Spirit. It's not by my, it's not by my works, lest I should boast, but by... Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And that's why the Bible says you can approach the throne boldly and obtain grace. The reason you can be bold about it, puff out your chest, right? Be confident that God loves you is because of what Jesus did on the cross and your belief and trust in that. And so when you become more conscious of God on the inside of you, then you'll realize, you know what? I got the victory. Amen. I got the victory. I don't have to struggle to get the victory. Oh, this stuff, oh, no, you don't stay in my life, depression. You get out in Jesus' name. I'm a child of God. God loves me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so the more you start getting conscious of that, the less you'll put up with from the devil. The less you'll put up with from the devil. That thing you struggle with in your body, now all of a sudden you've got a greater consciousness of God's Spirit on the inside of you, and if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body, guess what? It can heal that mortal body. But see, until you start knowing this and believing it, then it'd just be words on a page or words that preacher speaks, right? You've got to get this in you. I'm talking about walking in the presence of God. Look at all the great men of the Bible. You know, Moses, Abraham, uh, Paul's, the, you know, these great men, and then even in more of our modern day, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, uh, you know, Brother Hagen, Oral Roberts, these men who knew God. You, you just knew, listening to them, man, those people know God. Guess what? You can know them the same way. Amen. You can walk in that same level of spiritual reality. I said spiritual reality because it is a reality. And if they can do it, then you can do it because God is no respecter of persons. And when you start walking around and knowing that God lives on the inside of you, there's nothing that will defeat you. There's nothing that will get you down. The worst news that could come into your life, you're going to get through it. You know why? Because you know God's with you. Amen. Notice the key word there. No. You know, if I quoted you a scripture 
God will never leave you nor forsake you, dear brother. Right? It's one thing to agree with it, and it's another thing to know it. See the difference in agreeing with Scripture or believing it and then knowing it? And the way you know it is by knowing it. <laughs> the way you know it is you get to know it. And there are some ways you can work, walk in a greater consciousness of God and walking in His presence on a daily basis. Again, I'm not saying that you're hearing, you know, uh, God speak to you audibly from heaven. I'm not saying you're walking around with this presence all around you and everybody that sees you at Walmart goes, oh gosh, man, that guy's walking in the presence. Just look at him. He's just so peaceful. He just walks up to the laundry detergent. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, tied. You know, man, and you walk up, you know, <laughs> you walk up and you put your car down and the lady says, you got to swipe that yourself, sir. Oh, oh, Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Right? Now, you know I'm being goofy. It's not spooky. It's not spectacular. Remember what Brother Hagin said? I love the scripture. He said, so many people are seeking the spectacular, and they're missing the supernatural. The supernatural is natural. It's subtle. God will speak to me in my heart right here. I just know God is speaking to me about a situation or an answer or whatever. And do you know that is just natural for a Christian to hear God speak to their hearts and lead them and guide them. Many are, as many as are the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. Well, how does He lead you? Do you feel somebody tugging on your arm going, no, He leads you right here. He speaks wisdom. He speaks answers to your heart. And guess what? That is supernatural. A God that lives in the heavens that sent his son to die for you. He was raised from the dead. His spirit brings his presence and everything that you need on the inside of you and gives you his CB radio and receiver. You know, Breaker Breaker 19, D copy, right? And right here is your receiver. And you receive from God right here. And that is supernatural. You're communicating with a God that made the heavens and the earth. Amen. It's just natural, but it is supernatural. It's not spectacular sometimes, right? Oh, man. But you can walk in this. You can walk in open communication. You can walk in victory. You can walk in knowing God. Matter of fact, let me take you back to the Scripture here. Remember what we said about, you know, basically practicing the presence of God, living and abiding and walking in God. Practicing the presence of God, people say, well, that just seems so, you know, it just like, it naturalizes God. It, it, it makes, it brings it down to such a base level. Hey, the presence of God is holy. Yes, it is holy. But there's some things to walk in the presence of God. There's some practices you must do. So in essence, it's semantics. You are practicing the presence of God. You are doing things that get you closer to God, that get you more conscious of God, that get you more in tune with God that you have to do. And so when we say practicing the presence of God or walking in, we mean knowing Him in a more deeper and clearer way, fellowshipping with Him more, walking in the Spirit, being more God conscious of, uh, instead of flesh or natural conscious, walking in God's reality that He said that you could walk in. And listen to what our, our, our main theme text says. This is John 17, 20 through 23. 
He says, I do not pray for these alone, but I also for those who will believe in me through their word. This is Jesus praying in John chapter 17 for his disciples, and he's praying for the people who are going to be saved under the disciples' ministry. And he's praying for those people who are going to be saved under the disciples' the disciples' ministry and reaching all the way down to us in 2016. So he's praying for the current believers and all the believers that will come. This is Jesus praying to the Father. He says, Lord, I pray that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the, word, the world may be, believe that you sent me and that the glory which you gave me I have given them and that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you and me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. He said the word one five times in that passage. What is he praying? He's saying, Lord, I pray that they be one as we are one. Now, would you say that would be a pretty good level of God consciousness, of being conscious of the person of God in your life? Was Jesus conscious of the Father in his life? Yes, and we pointed out how he, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Guess what? You don't start acting like somebody. You don't start looking like somebody. You don't start talking like somebody unless you've been around them a lot. So he, we know it's his will, and we know we have the ability to be one with Father God. Or Jesus wouldn't even pray this. Matter of fact, it's not only his will. He said, I pray that they would have the same level as me and you do, Father God. He says, I pray that they would be one as we are. That's pretty heavy. And we talked, we've gone on to talk about there are some practices, there are some things we can do to get a greater consciousness of God in our life, to walk in His presence in a greater level. I don't know about you, but I'm just tired of doing the same old, same old. You know? Tired of just, you know, all right, I'm going to come to church. I'll read my Bible maybe today, get a couple of scriptures. Uh, then what else will I do? I might go to a special meeting, I'm not sure. Yeah. That's the Christian walk. You know, once you get saved, all right, just get by the best you can. Yeah. You know, no, he wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be one with Father God. He wants us to know him and to fellowship with him. And we talked about here how that there are some things you have to do. Number one, realize that you're pre-programmed to fellowship with God. You've got the goods. God created you for fellowship. Understand, number two, that God desires fellowship. In other words, God puts you here to fellowship with you too, to talk to you, to have somebody talk to him, to have somebody to see his goodness. He created Adam. He, he talked and walked with Adam. And he wants the same for us. So when you realize, hey, guess what? God wants to talk with me. God wants to fellowship with me. God actually like, wants to carry a conversation with me? Yeah, he does. How do I do that? By faith. He's a faith God, so you've got to use your faith. That's another point. We'll get to that. Number three, make an effort. You have to make an effort. We talked about how Psalm 73, 28 says, Draw near to God and I'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your heart, purify your hearts. He says, ask, seek, hunger, and thirst after righteousness, and you'll be filled. He says, he is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. So, in other words, he's saying, here's the reward. 
if you diligently seek me and you truly want to. You know, God is almost like a, in the sense of a, uh, uh, maybe like a, a lady who wants to be wooed, who wants to be courted, right? She's just not going to give her love, her precious heart, and her emotions and all that she is to any old loser, right? She wants somebody that proves that she is valuable to this person. And that's how God, he's saying, if you'll be diligent, and I know you're serious, you'll get a reward. Amen. You know what the reward is? Himself. He'll show you things you never even thought of. He'll blow your mind. Right? He'll start talking to you. You'll start hearing clear. You'll start, man, your life will be changed. But we have to make, that, make an effort. He's sitting in there waiting. He says, I stand at the door. That's what he said in Revelations. I stand at the door. If anybody will open, in Revelations he says, if anybody will, I stand at, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, I will come in and fellowship and sup with him. So he's standing there. Amen. It's like he's at the back door. That was a terrible knock. Hello? Anybody in there? I want to come in and fellowship with you. That's what Jesus is doing. But we have to make an effort to get up off the couch, pause your DVR, put down your popcorn, and go get up. You know, <laughs> I'm guilty of this. It might be after a long day. You know, I'm doing something, watching some news or something, and, and uh, maybe somebody knocks at the door. I need some. Caden! Caden, come here! Right? Get the door. You know. Come on, guys. I know you guys know, right? But sometimes we do that with God a lot of times. We don't get up off the couch and we don't open the door. And spiritually, you have to do that. You have to open the door. That's all he's wanting. He's just wanting an invitation. So it's not like, you got to remember, you, if you can remember this and get this in your head, God desires that from you. He desires you to open up the door. So many times we come to God and go, oh, God. Just speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. Lord, I'm, I'm yielded. You don't hear nothing. Like, well, I guess I tried that. No, you don't try it. You open the door, and he'll come in and fellowship with you. Right. Amen? Amen? Number four, we have to be sensitive to his voice. You know, too many times, there are so many. This, I'd say this is one of the number, number one things that you have to get as a Christian. And I've had to get through my knuckle-headed skull. You know, the Bible talks about being dull of hearing. You know, he's not talking about you need hearing aids. He's talking about you're dull here. You're callous to his voice. You don't recognize it. God is speaking to some of you all the time, and you don't recognize it. But when you get, when you get more in tune with God, you become more God-conscious instead of other voices conscious, right? whether it's cares or stresses or temptations or trials, when those quieten down, guess what? The voice of God gets louder. It, it, the best way I can describe it is, you look at, look at uh, you know, the radio. you got to tune in. Hey, good buddies, how y'all doing down there? You got, watch out, there's a traffic jam down there on Highway 67, you know, right? Then you, you hit that channel, and you, you might come across, and you get one word, right? Well, you have to be sensitive to stop on the right channel. I'm 
not saying you're, you got to, oh, I didn't figure out the channel of God. Don't, it's not like that. This happens naturally for you. But you've got to be sensitive. You have to be sensitive. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. You might say, well, I ain't heard God. You can. You can. How do I, be, how do I get sensitive? That's number four. I'm glad you asked me. Number, or excuse me, that's number four. Number five says, build a reservoir of God's word in your heart. We said that. You have to have something that the Holy Spirit and God can pull from. You have to have a vocabulary. You have to have a library, right, that he can minister to you through. A lot of times, the, the Holy Spirit will bring up a scripture or use a principle that's in a scripture to speak to me. And a lot of times when I say speak, I don't mean audibly. I just mean to my heart. A lot of times it's the inward witness. You know, the Bible says the inward witness. What is that? Well, if I was to give witness of something at a trial, I would be giving proof of it. I'd say, no, he did this, he did that. Well, the Holy Spirit bears witness and says, just gives you that sense. Brother Hagin used to call it a warm, velvety feeling on the inside that this is the way I should go. This is what I should do. I, perfect example, sometimes when I'm seeking God for a message or a series, a lot of times I might be praying. I have a lot of things come across my head, what, you know, but I have to wait. I have to get quiet because I could just preach something, right? But I want to preach something that God wants right now in season for this church, for us. And so what will happen is the more I pray and seek Him, the louder the answer or the leading guides me. The more I pray about it, the more I meditate, I might get one word. I might get a subject matter. I might get a scripture. That's him leading me. Amen. That's him speaking to me. Not, yeah, thus saith the Lord, Brandon, I want you to talk about faith and overcoming obstacles for six weeks. It doesn't happen like that. I walk by faith and I seek him. And I say, Lord, speak to me. What do you want me to share on next? What do you want me to you know, share with the people? What do the people need? And so... It, it forms. The, 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 the sermons form. They don't, I don't just, you know, just like a typewriter from heaven. But as I'm seeking him, he's guiding me, he's leading me which way. And that's how he speaks to me. Speaking is giving you information. That's how God, you know, it's not thus saith the Lord all the time. It's a, it's a sense. It's an inward, yeah, that's the direction I should go. I have peace about that. This is the way, this is the way we should do things. You just know. They call it a knowing. And so, but you have to build a reservoir of God's word in your heart. Listen to what, what John 15, 7 says. This is John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Then he says in John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. Listen to this. John 14, 23. And we, we will... Uh, it, me and he will keep my word and my father will love him and listen what does he say and we Jesus and the father will come to him and make our home with him remember what I said God God likes to be courted too God likes to be appreciated and honored when you keep his word that's what you're doing if if you love me, that's why Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. What's he saying? Prove it. 
Don't just say, oh, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord. And then you never seek His Word. You never seek His instruction for your life. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he said, my Father and I will come to you and make our home with you. Would you say that's walking in fellowship with God? A greater consciousness. And guess what? If His words are living in you, and if they're making their home in you, and God and the Father are showing up big in your life and speaking to you, you won't have too many struggles in your life that you can't overcome. That's walking in victory. That's walking in joy and peace in the Christian walk. That right there. Number five, or six, death to self is required. <laughs> and it's painful. Remember what John said in 330, John chapter 3, verse 30. He says, I must decrease and he must increase. What's he saying there? He must, I must decrease, he must increase. It is going to be hard on your flesh to walk in a greater level of God because your flesh, remember the, the carnal mind is enmity against God. It doesn't want to read the Bible. It doesn't want to believe the Bible. It only wants intellect. It only wants natural information. It only wants to do natural things. It wants to, do, it wants to sin. It wants to be carnal. It wants to be fleshy. It wants to be, it wants to be, it wants to be. But you have to buffet. Remember, Paul says, I buffet my body. I tell it what to do. Yeah. Who's I? The real you on the inside. Remember, your spirit, you have a mind and will and emotions, and you live in a shell we call a body. And that body wants to still do things. You know, Paul talked about he has a war with, on the in, inside of him. The war between the spirit man and the natural man. And so... We're spirit beings, but we're still living in natural fallen bodies. That's why you see somebody get saved and they're still struggling with sin. Well, I thought they just got saved. Well, they did. Now they have to identify. They have to identify more with the real them, the saved person, than they do this old natural dead man. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you have to start identifying with the new man. And the old man will say, don't do it. Don't do it. Let's hang out together still. Let's sin. Let's be fleshy. Let's be carnal. Let's whatever. Stick to your old vices, man. Don't leave me, Brandon. Don't leave me. And your spirit man is saying, no, that's wrong. And you know right here. Your spirit, man, the Holy Spirit on the inside because you're born again saying, now you know you feel bad because you did that. Why do you feel bad? Because you violated a, a spiritual God's law. And so that's where conviction comes in. And the Holy Spirit tries to convict you and say, look, you know that's the wrong way. Come back over with me. It's not condemnation. It's not him taking a head and slam, a bat and slamming it upside your head and saying, you're just terrible. Look at you, pitiful, terrible saint. No, he convicts. He nudges you. He's trying to convict you of the need for you to come back on the right path before you get way off. And so that's the Spirit of God speaking to you, but your flesh man will battle you. And when you start trying to read the Bible more, when you start trying to talk to God, when you start trying to worship God more, the, the natural carnal man is not going to like it. It's going to be uncomfortable to him. It's going to be weird to him. It's going to be a sacrifice. But if you're going to walk, listen, this life 
this life is just a, a, a dry run for the next life. It's just a dry run. It, this is a preparation. And I don't know about you, but I want to get up when I pass on from this earth. I don't want the Lord to say, my goodness, son, you got a lot of making up to do. Get on in there, you know, right? Not making up penance. I'm talking about your spiritual walk, your maturity, where you're at, right? That's why he says, he says uh, you know, we can have this when we come to heaven. Well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to be like, enter in, my son. Love you. I want him to say, well done, that good and faithful servant. And the reason I want to hear that is because I know I've been pleasing to my Lord. Just like my son likes to please me most of the time. <laughs> right? He, wants, he loves it. Daddy, did you like what I did? Yes, I did, son. Daddy, wow. you know, he's seeking, he's seeking affirmation. And that's what I want to hear. That's why I want to hear it. I'm pleasing to God because I'm his son already. But I want to hear him like Caden wants to hear sometimes. Good job. We all want to hear a good job. It means we were faithful to him because we love him. And so I want to hear, well done, that good and faithful servant. I don't want to, I don't want to get up to heaven and I'm like, at the, you know, spiritually speaking, I'm immature I didn't do what God told me to do. I disobeyed. I fleshed out. I was carnal. You know, I don't, I, want, I don't want to do that. I want to live that life. I want to be pleasing to God. I want to be pleasing to my Father. And so that takes some sacrifice. So when you do that, you're going to have to crucify your flesh. Your flesh, it takes time. The last thing you want to do when you're at work and working and maybe stressed about something is talk to God. Right? But I'm trying to, more lately, especially here lately, I'm trying to do it more and more. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that you're on the inside of me. I just want you to know I love you. And I know, I know that I don't take these burdens. They're your burdens. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. And I thank you for it. I don't have to solve it. I just have to listen to you and just walk in your peace. That's the last thing your flesh wants to do sometimes when it's stressed or you're fr flustered. You know, your flesh says, I'll fix it. I know what to do. And God does give you natural knowledge and wisdom. He doesn't just sit, uh, you know, act, ask you to sit there and just do nothing. No, you have to do something. But it's the way you do it and the way we respond. And so it does take some sacrifice. Number seven, begin each day. This is something to be, we're talking about being more conscious of God's spirit. Begin each day conscious of God. Begin each day of conscious of God. Listen, you need to treat the supernatural as natural. Remember, it's natural. When I get up in the morning, I say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Lord, I thank you. First thing I do, it's just, it's just a habit. Do I feel it? No. Especially early in the morning, no. The last thing I want to do is like, hey, hey, Father, I'm here. Love you. I just want to acknowledge you. I set my path right today, and I acknowledge you and everything. Speak to me. Convict me if I need to be convicted. Exhort me. Give me wisdom and understanding. What am I doing? I'm setting my path for that day. I'm, setting, I'm conscious of the fact. I'm identifying. Number one, I'm identifying with God as my Father. Number two, I'm identifying that He's there. Number three, I'm identifying that He's listening to me, and I'm identifying that He's going to speak to me. So it's just, you know, how, 
so goes your morning, so goes the rest of your day, most of the time. Most of the time. And so begin each day conscious. I'm talking about, see, these are things that just don't happen. Just because you're a Christian, these, all these things that I'm talking about, they just don't happen. Right? They just, oh, I'm a Christian now, so, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be Mr. Super Sensitive, and I'm going to hear his voice every time just with sharp accuracy. I'm going to do everything he tells me to do. I'm just going to walk in the glory cloud all the time because I got born again 15 years ago. No, we have to apply ourselves. We have to open up the door. We have to seek. We have to, uh, uh, you know, we have to be diligent. Number eight, pray. I know this is very uh, a great revelation to you, to pray. But I want to I share something to you. Now, when you pray, you're saying, you're talking, right? So when you're talking to God, you're praying to God. Now, there is something to be said about setting some time aside on a daily basis, whether it's, you know, at the end of the night, in the morning, at lunch break, and just taking some time aside for God to get quiet and say, God, you know, what are you trying to speak to me today? What do you want me to know? What do you want, you know, or just taking some time to, to worship him. Listen to what uh, this minister said. Uh, he said about prayer is really good. I've got it here. Here it is. This is a, 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 a well-known minister. He said, I used to say that there is power in prayer. But he says, I no longer say that. Muslims pray. Hindus pray. He said, now I've corrected and said there is power in the presence of Jesus. I thought that was a good statement. We've heard it. You know, there's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. And we know that there is. The Bible says uh, uh, the, uh, there's tremendous the, uh, prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. The prayer. So anytime you pray as a righteous person in God, you're making power available on your behalf or on behalf of that situation to fix a situation that you're praying about or asking about. Right? We know that's scriptural. But what he's saying is, he's saying, look, if you can get in the presence of God and you're talking to God, Listen, in the presence of God is powerful prayer. Because Hindus do pray. Muslims pray. But when you get in the presence of God and you have a time with God and worship and prayer, it changes the whole dynamic. It changes your confidence level and your faith level. Number nine, I'm closing here. Let, let thankfulness be the habit of your life. Let thankfulness always maintain a thankful heart. Thankfulness will keep you humble. Thankfulness will keep you focused on God. Listen to what 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says. This is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful. Continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. In every situation, in everything, that, uh, that's New King James Version, in every, uh, everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The Amplified here says, in every situation, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. How, how, how often is continually? Always. So he's instructing, always be thankful. Listen to what Romans 8.28 says, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together for the good of those who are called of God 
and are called according to his purpose, who love God. I've got a different translation here. In other words, when you're thankful, when you're seeking God and you're always thankful to God, it will keep you off your problems. It'll keep you thankful for what you have. Amen? Number 10, learn to be quiet in God's presence. What do you say in Psalm 46.10? Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. What does be still mean? Be still. Right? Calm down. Get your mind quiet. Learn to be quiet in God's presence. And the last one, rest in God's presence. Listen to what Jesus says. Come to me, all that you are heavy laden, and you will find rest for your soul. You will find rest for your what? Your soul. Remember what we said? You don't need rest for your spirit. Your spirit is saved. Your spirit is perfect. It's in awesome communication. It's perfect because Jesus made your spirit perfect. But your soul, which is your mind and will and emotions, is what can get out of rest. Can I get amen? Because I know that's true. But Jesus says, come to me, come to me all that you are heavy laden, you're burdened down, and I will give you, you'll find a rest for your soul. What is he saying, come to me? He's saying, come into my presence. Be more conscious of me. Talk to me. That's what he's saying. So you take all these things. Go ahead and stand. I want to say this. One of the marks, I wrote this down, one of the marks of spiritual maturity is when a, when a Christian moves beyond focusing solely on himself and begins focusing on God and impacting others. The reason I've talked about this for the last three weeks is because I want us to be more conscious of God, more conscious of Him on the inside of you, His resources, not your own resources, right? Let me ask you this. When you're walking in fellowship with God, you're conscious of God. He's speaking to you. You're speaking to Him. You're in fellowship. You've identified. And a problem comes. It bounces off you a lot quicker. It doesn't bite as much as it does if you're out of fellowship, you're not reading your Bible, you're not praying, you're not even thinking about God. You'll go a week, two weeks without even acknowledging God, right? You're still a Christian. I'm not saying you're evil. <laughs> you're going to hell. You're still a Christian. But there are different levels of fellowship we can have, right? You can see that in a marriage. You can see that in natural, natural life, in a marriage. There's different levels of love. And you look at the persons who have been married 50, 60 years, man, they can finish each other's sentences. They know each other inside and out. They're one, right? We say, oh man, they're one. That's what God, Jesus was praying in John chapter 17, that we would be one like that. So we know it's His will. He wants us to do that, and we know it's possible. But we have to practice that. We've got to put some practices in place that will help us get to that place in consciousness of God and walking in His presence. And you have to realize that He wants it. He stands at the door. You've got to make an effort and do the things that you know to do. What are the things we know? We've got to take in the Word. 
if you don't got the word, guess what? You don't got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The devil will come in and just cut you up. But if you if you're it's living in you, then God is living in you. Christ is living in you. And he said, we'll come and make our home with him. And listen, when I say talking to God and God talking to you, I carry conversation with God. If you were going down the road and you were in my car, you'd think I was crazy. Right? Who are you talking to? If you didn't know better, talking to God. Really? Yeah, because he says, if we know he, he hears us when we pray, we have the petitions that we ask for. God says, you must believe that I am and that I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. I'm seeking him. I'm talking to him. Hey, God, how you doing? I know you hear me, right? I just want you to know I love you. My life is submitted to you, committed to you. Lead me, guide me this day. I'm just talking to him just like I would anybody else. And guess what? He speaks back. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And he wants to speak to you and he wants you to speak to him. If we can all get this, if we can all, listen, let's say there's 10 degrees in the, in the uh, depth of fellowship walk with God. Let's say there's 10 levels, and 10 being the highest level, right? G, let's say Jesus walked at the 10 level. If you just stepped up from 2 to level 3 this year, do that. Yes. Do something. Advance. Go, go higher in God. Because God wants you to go higher. And you'll... He'll upend your world. You'll get things. You'll start to see things. You'll walk in greater peace, greater joy. You'll walk in, <laughs> ain't this a novel idea, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, meekness. You'll start walking in those things. They'll start, start coming second place, natural to you, because you're practicing the presence of God. You're... You're doing those things that make you more conscious of God. And you're making an effort to go up there and open that door. What do you think that looks like when you open that door? Think about it. If Jesus was standing at the back, back of the door and you heard the knock and you go open the door, what would that look like when you open the door? Won't you find out? I don't know. Won't you find out? I'm sure it's pretty good. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for the word, Lord. Let us heed the word. Let us be doers of it, Lord. Let's, let us not just be hearers and go, oh, isn't that awesome word for the day? But let's take it and apply it. Let's do it and benefit from it, Lord. Help us, Lord. You said in Philippians, you give us the power to do and the will to do of your good pleasure. You not only give us the ability... But you, you said you put your desires in our heart, Lord. And so we, I ask you to do that over us, Lord. Everyone under the sound of my voice. And let us walk in your presence. Let us endeavor to be more conscious of you and to fulfill what Jesus said in 17, that we be one, Father, as you are one with the Son. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening today. For more information about Faith Christian Family Church, you can check us out online at churchinthecornfield.org.